This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you could win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z-Code Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of our show. You know we've been doing a lot of interviews with the gurus of betting and sports investing, and some of these veterans have more than 30 years of experience, and I already know what you're thinking. Well, of course they are winning, Scott. Easy for them with so many years of experience. But what if I'm just starting out? Can I really succeed without all that extensive experience and decades of studying sports and being around the industry? So today, we have an interview addressing just that issue. We want to welcome Peter Parker, a.k.a. the Spider-Man, and his way of the warrior on how to become a winner without having 30-plus years' experience. So, hi, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. And I'll just firstly say, um, what I'm about to share with you is just my view it's my opinion. It's what working for me. It doesn't mean it's the only way. It's just something that I'm going to share and hopefully help some others uh, break it down because I am a complete newbie in sports investing. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of people who are experts with 30 plus years, like we were saying, uh, might scare off listeners and they might say what I said in the intro that, oh yeah, well, it's easy for you with so many years experience, but you're all, you keep saying that you don't need decades of crunching sports numbers to be a winner. So can you tell us a little bit more, maybe here to start out with about how you got started in this? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I've never been a gambler. Um, to give you an idea, I've only been into a bookies as they call them in the UK, a sports book, um, a, a, a shop where they, they take bets maybe twice three times in my life. I wouldn't even know how to fill out a, a sports betting slip properly. Obviously, everything's done online now. Uh, and I have a different perspective on betting and, and gambling and treat it much more of a sports investing. To, to let you know, I, I run a finance company and we work for banks, borrowing, helping the banks borrow money from each other, syndicating money, structuring finance and trade, trading debts on the forex markets, etc. And I, but I have lots of opportunities, um, and this is one of them. So I set up a company with a purpose to provide a greater return on investment. Um, and if you think of my vision, in five years' time, I'll have some kind of investment vehicle that generates, for arguments like 2% guaranteed return for the Joe public, and will be like having a mini hedge. So I, I've taken it a completely different view rather than going into it as a sports better. I've set it up as a as a company and is it a limited company is it an LLP no it's just in my mind what I'm going to achieve well I might be wrong but I mean you're approaching this from a business standpoint and not really a better or an athlete or a sports junkie so to speak but 
you used to play sports, pro sports, did you not? Um, yeah, so I was an um, ice hockey professional. Uh, I say professional. I don't know what the standard is compared to the U.S. Um, I was in a team called the Guilford Flames. And again, that was with no experience. I started, I went, I went along to ice hockey because, believe it or not, the girls in the office were saying how amazing ice hockey was. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? If they're going on about guys that are playing ice hockey, I want a piece of the action. So I went down, watched, I went to the recreational uh, team, and I've always been good, annoyingly good at sport. And I, I tried it. I, I loved it so much. Forget The girls went out the window. That was a long-term goal. I loved the sport so much. I was always good in goal as a soccer player. Um, I went straight as a netminder. I quit my job. Within nine months, I was the backup for a uh, professional ice hockey team, the Guildford Flames. In terms of the standard, I can't really tell where that is in terms of, you know, whether it's, you know, drafts, college. Uh, obviously, it's not NHL levels. About 3,000 people watching every week. So that's the kind of, of level it was at. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And, and it was from, from, again, like sports investing, it's from nothing. And just, just to recap... You know, I, I'm dyslexic. I've got attention deficit disorder. I didn't go to school till I was 12. I left home at 17. I've got no formal qualifications. So anybody can do what I'm doing. You don't need to be some sort of wizard. I'm, I'm fairly analytical, but you just need to put your mind to something, and you can achieve it. Well, putting your mind to being a professional athlete, um, you obviously set your mind on that. Uh, for the girls, <laughs> yeah, and because you love that's it. That's right. That was that. That's that was why, it to start with. That was my focal it, point. Isn't that why men start most things we start? <laughs> that's the downfall of us. <laughs> let's just be honest. Yes. So, but the mindset that it requires to be, let's say, in a an ex professional sports player versus the mindset of being a professional sports investor. Is there similarities? Is there differences? Well, in terms of the adrenaline, the to me, I don't get the adrenaline from placing a bet. I don't typically watch too much of the games that where I'd invested money on uh, because I don't want to have that emotional draw into it. When you get emotional, you use up energy. And that's why uh, when you're playing ice hockey, the net, when I was in Netminder, it's obviously a lot of pressure in front of, albeit just 3,000 people, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of tension, and, and, and therefore you don't typically play the next day, or you didn't in the UK, because you'd used up that much energy. If you did, you, you never seemed to have that great, um, great event the next day. You didn't play as well. In sports investing, I tend not to get too emotionally involved in that. I try not to. So the focus point is, the similarities I would say is, is I put in a plan and a process of I have a routine, I do the same kinds of things every time when I was playing, I do the same kinds of things like my checklist, uh, what I'm doing when I'm capping a game, for example, or if I'm looking at the cappers in Z code, for example, if I'm following somebody else, I go through the same analysis on their picks as I do on my own. So from that point of view, it's, it's similar, a process, a, a habit, um, a formula, but in terms of adrenaline, you, I can't say it's it's not comparable. 
Sure. And you can already hear in what you're saying, and anyone who knows you from the Zico Sports forums, um, you're always talking about treating sports investing as a business. And you've kind of already touched on that a little bit. In fact, you even wrote an article in the Zico Sports Investing Bible about that. Can you talk a little bit more about that approach? Yeah, well, the way I see, if you're making money, then it is a business. And we're in this to make some money, right? Yeah, we're going to have some fun, but the idea is, is you're going to try and make some money. And it's how serious you want to take that that will set you apart. So when I set my first business up, and I call it a business, when I was 12, I'd sell um, crisps and sweets to the other kids. So I'd, I'd get them from my parents, take them into school and make some extra money by selling it to the other kids because they couldn't, there wasn't, a, what they call it a tuck shop, the shop where you buy those things. I was 12 when I was doing that, but at the same time I wanted to get to profit as quickly as I could with the least amount of cost to me and doing it in the least amount of work. So I wanted to do as little as possible and as much as possible and cost me as little as possible. So I run this business the same way. I've got people all over the world in Z code that are helping. I'm placing bets all over the world. So therefore, I'm now running an international sports investment company. If you get your mindset into something other than I'm chasing a bet, I'm placing a bet, I'm gambling, or I'm just, even when we say we're just sports investing, can you really see it every day? Can you really picture that? I need in my business, I need infrastructure, I need working capital, I have ongoing monthly costs, I've got my support team, which is the guys in Z code and the tools. And Z code. Without that, I couldn't operate my business. I have a target. I have. Sp I specifically calculate my bet size to achieve my target month in, month out. I have specific times that I allow myself to focus on it. I, I do part of it for fun. I look. I watch the games. That's all part of my business process. And I have a vision. And at the end of it, I'll either hit that target, continue to invest in this business opportunity or seek other opportunities if I feel that sports investing for me and my business and my vision isn't going to help me and it's not going to help millions of other people to get a better return on their money, which is, which is what my vision is. I love that approach. And I know that most people who rush into betting without taking the time to understand what they are doing or thinking of it as a business, they usually fail pretty fast. And so if, if I want to succeed, I need to make sure I understand what I'm doing. Um, but if I'm one of those people that I'm almost ready to walk away from this because I rushed into it and I'm failing at it, what should I do uh, at that point if my business is starting to fail and I'm just starting out? Whether, you, whether it's starting to fail or whether you just joined or you just started to do this, the first thing you need to do is create a plan. It sounds boring, but... I know everyone wants to rush in and place their first bet. They want to follow a system or they jump on the wall or they start looking at all the bright colors in the back office or whatever system you're following. But you need to have a plan. Um, if you want to dive in, I'm going to guarantee that you're probably going to lose your first bankroll. And that's fine as long as you're aware of it. But if you were to open up a traditional business, let's say, and I use it quite often, a coffee shop, you wouldn't start it without a plan. You wouldn't. Um, you would know where to buy the coffee from, when the delivery was going to arrive, how many staff you needed, what electric you needed, what machines you needed, how many people you needed to come through 
the door to cover your costs and to make a profit. So why not do it in this business? Why rush into it without putting that plan into place? Now, I know it sounds really boring, but ask yourself, if you look back five years ago, look back in your life five years ago, and ask yourself, are you any further forward in your life, in your goals and your dreams? Right here, right now. Are you any further forward? 98% of people aren't, um, and, and half of those 98% don't even know. They've no idea whether they're further forward or not. They might have you know, a, a nicer watch or a better car, but is that really further forward? And it's because they haven't got a plan. They haven't got a plan to uh, where to go to and how to get there. So what I would do is that I would create a plan, create myself a, br- a blueprint, not, your, not mine for you, yours for mine. You have to create your own. So you create your own blueprint to success. Not my success, your success. And then put it into seven steps. I like to keep it seven. I like to keep it simple. And therefore, you use seven. Seven steps to a million dollars, for example. And then I break those seven steps down into realistic, accountable, measurable actions and put a timeline on them. So if you think of the business, this business, I look at it as, as five core pillars. Winning picks, is, it's a must, right? We need to pick winners. If, if every pick was a winner, we didn't need a plan, we don't need anything, we don't need any money management, nothing. We'll just take winners. Number two, psychology. I would say that that is hugely important. It's important in life in general. The success of your life is based around your mindset and what you think you can achieve. It's not about intelligence. It's about what you believe you can achieve, the dedication you put into it, and then find the people that are intelligent to deliver what you want to achieve. Number three is money management. I've covered that so many times, but I could talk all day about money management and what's good, what's bad, but what is more important is what's right for you. Working capital, you need some kind of bankroll. Without it, you haven't got a business. And then number five, common sense. You need that common sense in there that sometimes some of the plays that happen, you know in your gut it's wrong, but we still play it. Well, sometimes common sense and gut feel is a great way to know bet rather than to just follow it. So psychology to me is one of the first things that you should really get to, to grips with when you're creating your plan, really understand yourself. Be honest with yourself. Are you really an investor or are you a gambler? There's no shame in it. If you are placing bet after bet, just think of it like the 12 steps. Know yourself first and then learn how to improve and harness what you have. I'm an an aggressive better. I didn't realize this. I thought I was conservative, but I'm an aggressive better. Uh, Many people are are risk uh, conservative or risk averse. What are you? And you've got to really understand that. Understand if you're placing multiple picks every single day, why are you doing it? Are you doing them all at the same time and therefore leaving your business exposed? Or are you doing it at different times and therefore just stacking the profits? If you're spreading the bets all at the same time, you're therefore becoming conservative, aren't you? Because if you're expecting at least one of them to lose, so therefore your odds, your return on your investment is going to go down. Whereas what I do is, is I focus 100% on one pick. That's all I do. I'm not saying that's right. It's not right for everybody. It's really about understanding yourself and understanding why are you doing this? 
what is the benefit to it and what are the disadvantages of doing it? So with me, the risk is greater, isn't it? If my bet loses, my investment loses on that day, it's 100% gone. But if it comes in, I've got 100% of the profits. Whereas when people are betting across multiple systems or multiple bets in a system, then the chances are that on most days, one's going to lose. So then the accumulative odds have decreased. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just about understanding it. So truly understand yourself and what you're doing and why you're doing it. What guidance do you need? Okay, well, let's drill down on that point a little bit because one of the first things you mentioned was picking winning plays, and you're saying you don't spread out a, a bunch of bets hoping that, you know, knowing one of them is going to lose. You try to really focus in and pick a winning play. Yeah. You also talked a little bit about creating your own plan it's got to be original it's got to be from you um so i know in the beginning no matter what you get into in the, in the very beginning of something you've got to kind of follow somebody else yeah. um their way in order to develop your own voice at some point um so someone like me who's about to start into sports investing career i joined z code i mean there's a ton of systems on there a ton of tools there's all kinds of stats. There's all kinds of different ways that guys are telling you you got to do it. Um, and, and honestly, it can be overwhelming if you're just a beginner and you're coming into this. So how to make sense of it all and how to start winning, um, are there any steps that I can follow? Right. So let's assume you've got your plan. You know yourself. You know what type of person you are. And you've watched the Fast Start videos and now you're really ready to rock and roll. So you... Once you know if you're a conservative best investor or a, an aggressive investor, you, what you can do is choose a system based on the time you can spend in, the, in your business, the number of bets you want to focus, your, your system is going to focus on. So if you're an aggressive investor and you just want one bet, then there's no point in following one, a system that's got 10 bets. The time of bets. So when are the bets going to come out? There's no point in following a system if it's in the middle of your night. What sport is it? Is it a sport that you've got an interest in so that you can learn that sport over time? I mean, I still don't know the rules for some of the American sports, and I only invest predominantly in American sports and some on tennis, and the tennis is purely following. So you look at the sport. The time of the sport, when's that sport been playing? And are the sports books available? There's no point again following a system if you're going to come into challenges because you're based in America and that you need to have Bet365 and you can't get access to it. So when you're picking a system to follow, go through those processes and then it will filter out half of them, if, if not more than half of the systems. And that's fine because you're actually understanding yourself and you're going through a process to find a system that is right for you. And if it's right for you, you will stay consistent with it, you will follow it, and you won't hop. If it's wrong for you, you'll constant, consistently chase and move from system to system because it's not the right time. There's too many bets. You keep missing the winning plays. You don't like the sport. The time of the sport is wrong. You can't place the bet because of the sports book. So it's, it's, it's going back to my point that... Um, pillar number five, common sense, but we don't think of that when we rush in. And also, yeah. also, if you look at the unit size, if a system is saying place 10 units on a play, and you're thinking, whoa, 10 units? 
well, you don't have to place 10 units on the play. You've just got to understand this 10 units, does that mean he's really high confident? Is it a high confidence play? Is a five units a medium confidence? Is a one unit a, a, a low confidence? You've just got to gauge that, work that out, and put it into your own money management system. Now let's assume you now want to start to cap. You want to add some knowledge, your own input. You want to perhaps participate on the wall and create a system. Or even just like what I do is I cap myself. I don't, I don't want to get emotionally tied to a system on the wall. So therefore, I, don't, I haven't got time. I don't want to use my energy on that. So that's fine, but I still want to cap. Now, most people go through some kind of filtering system. They, they create a filter and go, how many filters have you got? Twelve. Oh, God, I've only got seven. Oh, I need another three filters because at least I need to get to ten at least. It's not really about the number of filters. If you think of it, most people go through something like, let's say in baseball, they'll go for the profit um, oscillator. And they'll say, no more than two losses in a row. Good pitching profit. Significant difference between profit and opposing pitcher. No play if the aces are involved. There'll be no play if there's a dead status. And they'll look at all these tools and they'll check them off. But most, when you look down at it, the person really knows what they're going to do when they see it as a glance. If you watch the sports, you get to know the top teams and the bottom teams. And if you are going to end up with no bet, no bet, no bet, no bet, no bet, then are your filters right? Are they nice and safe? Are they wrong? You've got to think a little bit more outside of just straightforward filters. When I say you've got to, this is how I do it. So I, I might have 10 filters, but do they all need to hit? No. It might be 7 from the 10. So I create myself some filters, but I look a little bit deeper into it. I look at things like, uh, is there an injury? What's their night record like? So in this baseball, you know, what's the pitcher? What's he like at night? What's the batters? Has he had a big argument the day before in a nightclub? I'll look on social media, find out if there's anything going on. You look at all these things that impact sports person. What's the ERA like over the last 10 games and not just the last three? So move beyond the boundaries of just a quick checklist and use your common sense. You know, every single game will have a stat that will say you've picked a winner. The White Sox are 7-1 in their last eight games against a team with a winning blue shirt. Or the 22-9 against on the road against a pitcher with a blonde hair. I mean, you can create a stat on everything. So it's a really about creating your filters and then being true to yourself, going back over those filters and saying, right, didn't meet all the filters, no, but you played it anyway. So why is the filter there? Is it really that important, that filter? Grade the filter. Do you see what I mean? So some, some people or some people trying to create the system have got these parameters that are creating such a rigid process that it makes it unworkable. It will it'll either be, yeah, bet, 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 bet. They've all gone yes, or no bet, no bet, no bet, no bet, no bet. But you've got to look at things outside of just straightforward numbers. And going back to my point of focusing through your plan, I focus for an hour and a half a day, including 
looking at the wall, looking at other cappers, evaluating what I think is the best game. Then I drill down on that game and I put in my filters and then I use common sense on it. If I think there's a top pitcher against a bad pitcher, but the top pitcher has just come back from an injury, then I, I may not bother capping the game. I just move on. Is there a better opportunity for me? Until I find one where I think, you know what, I'm really going to focus on that game. If I'm focusing on 10 games, I haven't got time to do it. Other cappers are. I mean, some great cappers, especially on the soccer and on tennis, they pick after pick after pick. I mean, I just haven't got the time to do it. So again, it's about knowing myself, knowing my business. What am I going to do? How do I want to do it? One of the parameters earlier on in that answer that you talked about was your own personal money management plan that you should have in the place. And I know that you've developed a 30-day money management plan. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how it can be applied to systems? Again, what I tried to do was just apply a, a traditional business process to a bad day at work. If you're in business and going back to the coffee shop, you don't sell enough coffees, you do not go out the very next day, buy twice as many coffees to try and sell them to the public. You don't go out standing on the streets trying to push coffee in people's hands to try and cover the loss of your bad day. You have a target over a period of time to recover that. That is the psychology behind it. In reality, a loss is a loss is a loss. The money's gone. So all you're trying to do is trying to have some kind of progression to increase your stake size to ensure that you have not wasted that day. If you put targets into place, you can do it 30 days, a week, a month, three months, it's up to yourself, whatever's right for you, which is why it's important to understand yourself. I put a 30-day plan into place, and what I aim for is 20 winning days out of that 30-day period. And in those 20 winning days, I expect to hit a certain financial target. So I'm placing a large enough wager to hit my daily target, and I want 20 winning days to ensure that I hit my financial goal. But if I've got 20, 10 losses in the 30 days, I'll be in trouble, because in reality, one will balance out the other, and therefore I've only got 10 winning days. So what I did was said, right, instead of doing an ABC progression, which is what people are talking about where they double up and then double up again on the next day to, to recover all their loss. So in other words, the bet size goes from, for argument's sake, $100, it then goes to $200 following a loss, and then it goes to $400. I find that is, unless, and there is no such thing as a dead cert, but unless it's a really high confidence play, I don't necessarily play it that way. What I will do is take my loss, and divide it by 30, or however many days there are left in the month and then add it to my stake. So if, mm. so if I was betting $30 and then on the first day of the month it lost, my next day and for the rest of the month I'd be betting $31. Therefore the profit is slightly increased from $30 and therefore I'm going to recover technically that loss. But going back to the psychology of it all, a loss is a loss is a loss. It's just planning and mitigating you bobbing up and down with your bankroll because you've got more than five losses or depending on the odds of your system of what it can account for. And that's the plan, that's the process. Again, it's, it works for me. 
If it doesn't work for you, that's fine. It's about understanding what works for you. Well, that's a lot of great information. You help a lot of people with that. And you actually use the alias of Spider-Man. So I guess we can kind of see you as a good guy, good guy hero who goes around and helps people. And you definitely help the community a lot. You've even created your own site called the Z-Code Academy, where you've been sharing videos, tips, and strategies, things like that. Would you mind telling our audience a little bit more about that? Yeah, the purpose, of, again, of that is I'm, I'm dyslexic, and I, I think I mentioned, and I find reading very, very difficult. And lots we learn from five different ways. We learn from reading, listening, watching, experiencing, and mastering. And I find, therefore, then helping people out, in particular if a new system comes into play, or the money management is difficult to explain, uh, perhaps in writing, uh, in a few lines of text. So I, I did that to help other people. The aim is I will put in my blueprint and therefore then guide people through, either through video series. I'm actually taking on, um, I'm kind of mentoring a Z-Code member uh, behind the scenes on a one-to-one -one basis. He approached me, he said, can you give me some help? And, and we've kept in touch every single day, and it's really good fun. And I really want to help other people break down this whole myth of it's complex. There is nothing complex about this. Anyone tells you something's difficult, it's difficult to them. They're trying to make a, a, you know, a, a difficult situation out of nothing. Everything can be broken down into simple forms, everything. And you can find people that can understand things better than you if you can never grasp that skill. That's why teamers are great. You know, the goalie's a goalie, the forward's a forward. I could never be a forward in ice hockey, football, or any sport. I'll always be either a defender or a goalie. That is my skill set. And that's what I've done with the academy. Was I wish I had a bit more time in it to put a bit more structure around it, but I will get there. I'll put some processes into place so people have got a plan, they've got a blueprint, they've got a checklist they can go through. And then if they want to cap themselves, they can at least follow some of the basic principles that I'm doing. And the my principles are really basic, but they work. So that's proving to me that you don't need to be some whiz. Well, Peter, you have surely lived up to your Spider-Man alias today. This has been really helpful and a lot of great information, and I know our audience is really going to appreciate it. And I hope that we can have you back on real soon and pick your brain a little bit more. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And there you have it, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this one, and I really want to hear from you. Imagine if you could ask a question directly to one of our star interview guests or experts. What question would it be? I want you to share your number one question, your main challenge in sports investing, and we will make sure to reply to it in one of the upcoming episodes. Simply go to zcodesystem.com forward slash three questions. That's the number three and the word questions behind it and reply to the three questions that I have prepared for you there. Do it now, please. It's only going to take you about 30 seconds. I'll talk to you again soon in our next episode. <laughs>